It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 27th day of January, 2016. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser. And today we have our guest speaker, uh, uh, Alex uh, Graham, a.k.a. Ashnob. And uh, how are you doing today, Alex? Well, I'm doing just fine, Gerald. <laughs> By golly, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice on there. Uh, well, you know, since I kicked the kicked that hepatitis C bug out of my life last year, it, 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 it's so exciting to wake up every morning and see that sunrise and, and realize that there there's not a finite number of sunrises left in your life. I mean, literally, I'm I'm gonna get gray hair and grow old and and die from some like high cholesterol poisoning or something instead of some unknown disease from a godforsaken a country in Indochina. Yeah, or eating lettuce or something from China. <laughs> or uh, Mexico. But, uh, just, just yeah, you just don't some, know what, what's going to happen. Just go buy some Vietnamese furniture and put it in your house. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Probably so associated with Agent Orange. Uh, be like getting another dose of it. Oh God! And it, it just, I can't even begin to tell you how exciting it is to watch it. You remember in Star Trek where they, when you ended up in sick bay, you're laying there on that bed, and they had all them little needles going up and down behind the guys where you could. Oh. Dr. McCoy would point to one and he says, whoa, yeah, look at that. His, his hyperdrive motivator's going up, so it looks like he's going to survive. Well, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at right now. I went to see the kidney doctor the day before yesterday, and he says, but I don't understand this. He says, you've gone backwards from a stage three to stage two on your kidneys, and, and your numbers are down to almost normal. And that's what the lady said about my hepatitis after I kicked it. She said, well, your your liver is actually re- reverting. It's, it's regressing back to uh, from stage four into stage three. You're, you're getting better by the day. And, and I'm, I'm waiting for my gray hair to go away and my voice to go back up and become prepubescent. Yeah. Oh, I might yeah. take my driver's license away if I get to look at too young. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't want that. <laughs> oh, that would hurt. <laughs> yeah. That would hurt. Well, you've been eating the right fruit. I grow everything on site here except for the meat, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. Must be right because, of, as I said, all my all my bodily functions seem to be re- reverting or restoring back to their earlier pre pre sickness days. I just I can't even begin to tell you, like I said, how exciting that is to you get up every morning and the horses and whatnot and you go like, Well, these horses are gonna 
I'm, these two, they're going to die before I do now. That's enough. <laughs> I guess you look at things a little bit different now. Oh, it, I'm telling you, it, it changes your whole outlook on life. I had all my stuff pre-signed with my wife for the do not resuscitate and all the different uh forms and my will and all that stuff done. And now it's all null and void. Of course, I've never had so much fun tearing up legal documents. I <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Be careful. Make sure you get that taken care of because you get in an accident or something like that and you get that DNR. Look out. You better make sure it's gone. I mean, G-A-W-N, gone. Very <laughs> <laughs> Went into the gun the gun safe where all the paperwork is <laughs> to pull that one out mm. and tore it in half. Knew about it. Target break. How's the greenhouse going? How's that? How's the greenhouse going? I've seen a thing on your picture the other day. It looks like a, they We're sent you a. a uh, yeah. Oh, I got that decision. And I called up down there to the Seattle Regional Office, the old boy that's in charge of Is she calling my number? And he says, well, we had to send us to Washington, D.C. Nobody's ever won. <laughs> we got. We need some... some yes, never, we don't know how to administer a win. So they're, they're holding it east hostage, and I think they're probably trying to... Reduce it down to two foot by two foot curtain up on the roof and a candle calling it an ADA or greenhouse. Oh. Uh, they, they're going to have a hard time getting out of that because Judge, the law judge, Vito Clemente, he wrote there and it's pretty, pretty. It's got to be an ADA greenhouse, so it's got to be accessible. Got to be heated, because I can't even be out there if it ain't heated. And of course, you can't right. grow vegetables when it's three degrees above side anyway. So right. put all those little metrics into it because of my illnesses and why not. It, it becomes a, a pretty big greenhouse affair and. They they can't get away with buying the Earl Shive ninety nine ninety five queen thing with a tubular electrometallic to hold it together. So I'm I'm waiting for March fourth of this month. Heard from them. I'm filing another extraordinary writ of mandamus and demanding that the VA honor their uh, agreement as it doesn't take six months to work. No, it doesn't. They're just jerky around. Like a, uh, guys, uh, we got a caller. Oh, oh yeah, I see that. Uh, yeah. Caller, you in there? Hello, I'm here. Yeah, uh, you have a question or a comment? Oh, no, I'm just waiting. I wanted to thank, uh, I don't know what his name is, Ask Nod. Yes. Yeah, for all his help. He's helped me a lot with this. It was quite a bit of uh, it was quite a bit of uh, anxiety, me trying to do that by myself, and then I finally found out that, it, that he was there to help. So 
I just wanted to thank him and let him know. Well, you call me Alex. Don't call me late for dinner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy that's in uh, eastern Washington. Oh, Roger that. I, uh, I'd like to say, you know, I had to use that ask moniker for about five years until I won everything I, I was fighting for, for fear that they send out a hitman to take me down. When I wrote yeah. that book, I was worried about some big repercussions, but now when I went up there to the Court of Veterans' Appeals, well, they had my name splattered all over everything, so it wouldn't, didn't do me any good to hide. I think no, I don't think they, they know who you were. <laughs> hey, I had a question. It, uh, can I get quit, fire my attorney and do get somebody else? Well, yes, you can, and it depends somewhat on what stage you're in. Of well, they just sent the at, uh, paperwork a, to the BVA. If you're at the BVA, they will allow you part company with your attorney and go it alone, but your attorney would never be allowed to you. It, it only works like a one-way street. Once he agrees to represent you at the Veterans Appeals, he has to carry it all the way to the end, same as a, a VSO would. But it, you you yourself can rescind the power of attorney to him if you feel like he's a chucklehead and he isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, it's the, in the, with the matter of uh, the nexus, I mean, I can go down here to my uh, gastroenterologist, and he'll probably write one for me. I just have to make an appointment to go see him. And most of these guys don't know what it is, and I have to take all this. Uh, I'll take all my medical paperwork to, down there to him and show him, plus a couple of cases that are in the. Where do you, do you look in this thing where you can see all these other uh, court cases that are either denied or they won? I've printed a couple of those where these guys have won for the jet air gun. They've won their their uh, claim. Oh yeah, yeah. He come with the jet. I've printed those up to take with me so he can see those also. Well, I'll tell you that what. I'm not just trying to get him to do something that uh, he shouldn't be doing. Well, first of all, no. <clears throat> you know you know where my website is. Obviously, up there at the very top of the website. Underneath the Vietnam campaign medal, there's a big black area with a bunch of things with white letters on them. If you look right in the dead center of it, it says Nexus Bible. Put your oh, I've, I got that. I got the Nexus Bible. Print that up and take that down there to your doctor and explain it to him. But in order for this thing to stick and win it at the BVA, you're going to have to get your C-file from the VA... And yeah, I already got my C file. I sent it to the attorney. They wanted it. All right, but you didn't just give them the only thing, did you? I gave them the whole damn thing. It was like a, about five encyclopedias. <laughs> well, they get that way when you fight a long time. Well, you, Oh, you I had need... a transplant, so most of it's medical stuff in there. But what you need, basically, what you need is to let your doctor look at your contemporary... Uh, service records, uh, just so that he can say that that he looked at them. Because that's just, this is how VA often, if you look at the 
the BVA decisions, and that's up in that area on my website too. It says something like uh, BVA, Board of Veterans Appeals, Hepatitis PTSD Cases 2015. It's up near the top in the second line. And the other thing is if you scroll down my site and look on the right-hand side, you'll see a whole bunch of things. It says archives, blogs, this, that, and other thing. And then it says right. blogs, blogs by subject. Look down there and scroll down to you see jet gun decisions, jet gun yep. BVA decisions. Every yeah, last I've got all that. I've printed all that stuff. Yeah, well, you take that and show that to your gastroenterologist and explain to them how the VA does this. It, it, they're, they're, if you don't give your doctor your C file to look at on the contemporary records from your time in service, VA will write another nexus letter and they'll say, yeah, well, our nexus letter is more probative than your nexus letter from your gastro doc because our doctor got to read the service medical records and your doctor indicates that he did not and therefore ours is more probative and we win and you lose. More guys lose on that even after they get the nexus letter, especially in these jet gun decisions. And, yeah. Uh, well, I've case, also called the uh, attorney and I don't ever talk to the attorney. I talk to a uh, <laughs> but what do you call them? They're, they're ombudsmen. They're, they're, they're take care oh, of the paperwork and stuff. I never get yeah, to talk to the attorney. Yeah, I talk court decisions. You know, I've got a card right here that says what it what they are. They're, uh, she's well, called a vet of case manager. Yeah. Well, oh, are you using a, are you using a group out of DC? Pardon me? Are you using a group out of D.C.? No, these guys are in St. Louis or Kansas, somewhere in Kansas. Uh, oh, not Kansas. okay. They're in Evansville, Indiana. Chihuahua. That's all well, they do is veterans' claims. Oh, what? okay. Anyways, what I did, I called her up. I talked to her, and I said, you guys are going to do a nexus now, right? She keeps telling me they're going to do the nexus, but how do they do a nexus when they don't know? There's no proof in there of me uh, being uh, going to the VA for any problems with hepatitis C until, oh, I was, until I'm 50 years old. Hey, look, I've, I've, done, I've done about 150 just jet gun claims, and I'll tell you, you're gonna, every one of them, the guy would lose if he didn't show up with at least two nexus letters. And the way you fix that, in addition to your gastro doc, is to get a hold of Dr. Ben Cecil. Email me. Yeah, email I've got you. his address and everything, but I don't know what to send to him. Oh, you're going to need that C file again, the, the, the part about the transplant. The, oh, the well, that's, that's like a, a, remember a, that's a huge dictionary. Mm -hmm. Oh, that C file, man! There's so much stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna well, break down and do it. A lot of us do. We have files that big, but you guys, we've already taken it and we we've, we've compressed it and we've got it. Uh, you can take it, and get you a uh, get you a hard drive and get it scanned in. It might take some time to do it, but if you're gonna have to do it. Can I get it yeah, put on a right? back a, 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 a thumb drive with your C file on it so that you yeah. can use it. To take and get a local nexus. These these guys, 
I hate to say it, but you're going to lose because they're going to undermanage it for you. They're going to say they got a nexus letter, and the nexus letter's never going to stand up. It, it just ain't. And then they're also going to charge you for it. Cecil yeah, that's another it. question I got. I looked up. I've looked up on the, every time they've done something with the VA, and sometimes there's a note or an entry in there that says they they filed for a payment or something. Is the VA paying these guys? Oh, if they win any any kind of point law, they're entitled to what's called equal access to justice. Act fees, E-A-J-A, or we nicknamed them EJA fees. If the VA, if they, the VA attorney prevails substantially, he's entitled to this. It's about $187 an hour, and they kind of pad their winnings with it. Because you know, most VA attorneys only charge you 20% of right. What they yeah. Well, they didn't charge you know, me for the first claim. They said that they did that one for free. Well, that's good. That's just, uh, they're just hoping. The girl, I asked the girl, I go, how much do I owe you for this? Because I got a 70% disability for uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, how much do I, because I'm supposed to give them 20%. I knew that. And she, and I said, how much do I owe you? And she goes, well, we don't, we do the fr- initial claim for free. So I went, oh, that's kind of nice, I guess. What level did you go? <laughs> First claim, what level did you go? Put all did, you, did you go to BVA? Claim. It, it's BVA, PTSD. no, it was the initial claim the, as to the uh, regional office. They're not allowed to charge you or anything for the regional, uh, to, to a claim. They're not allowed to even take your claim until you get a denial letter. That's against federal get law. No. They're not allowed to take your claim until you got a denial letter. can't charge on it. You're right. They can take the claim right. and represent you. They just can't charge you anything or right. take any money. That's why they didn't charge you. That's right. Yeah. Well, second claim that we – all the other stuff they denied except for the PTSD. Well, that's because they don't want to get it to 100%. You know you know what the difference is between 70% and 100% is about $1,503,000. And it's almost doubles when you hit 100%. Yeah, well, I think this guy's. He told me he wrote me a letter and said that he was trying for the PUID or something like that. So oh, yeah, individual disability, something like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but. it's called IU. That's a trap. They pay you to 100 percent, but aggravate the heck out of you for years until you get scheduler. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about just withdrawing everything and just get quit this whole business. No, that's what they want you to do. That's that, that's their game. That's their end game. That's well, because it's going to take two years to get to the BVA is what they told me. Well, yeah, but look, it took me 26 years to get here where we are today. Two years. Oh, yeah, I know. You really were, uh, you had some, uh, had a passion there for getting what you had coming to you. So, I mean, I'm not saying I don't. I but they put down all these claims they put. They added all this stuff on. All I was trying to do was get hepatitis C. Yeah, yeah. And then I end up getting PTSD. I didn't ask for that. Well, it's an inferred claim. You must have gotten depressed or something. Did you? Were you in- well, I had to go see a shrink before they gave it to me. I had to go to a 
counsel or a psychiatrist. Yep. Combat yeah. veteran. Well, they, Are you they a combat you, boots on the ground veteran? You, some guys no, you, I had some I had some stress stuff that happened to me when I was over there. I had. Uh, like there was a helicopter that crashed right next to us, and then these guys are in there in, uh, in the helicopter, and they couldn't get out. The, and the thing was on fire. The the what it is is the the casing on the ter- transmission and all that is made out of magnesium. And once right. it catches on fire, you can't put it out with it ex- with water or extinguishers or anything. No, because so the magnesium goes on oxygen and burns. And, well, the engineers yeah. were putting in a runway right there next to it, and they could, one guy come over with a tractor and dump. He just buried the whole damn thing with dirt to get the fire out. Yep. The only way he can put it out is smother it. Right. These guys inside couldn't get out, and they they all got covered up too. So <laughs> that's a that's called a stressor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get stressed from <laughs> we were getting shelled all the time and. That's you couldn't tell stressor. what was incoming or outgoing, and <laughs> that's called PTSD. I mean, if today I still I hear a bang or something. I hit the ground. Let, let me tell you how you tell the difference. Dukes used green tracers, and we used orange ones. What's well, that? When we were when we were flying up in Laos, one of the first things I noticed on the second day of flying was that the gooks used green tracers and we use orange ones, so it was pretty easy to figure out who was shooting at you and who was shooting with you. Oh yeah, we had the tracers too. Yeah, but the incoming and the outgoing, we couldn't tell the difference. I just, uh, except the outgoing, they didn't explode. The incoming did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dead giveaway when the when that one twenty centimeter rocket comes in and it blows up near you. You can pretty much count that one as incoming. <laughs> it wasn't fired by any of your guys. <laughs> right. Anyways, that, uh, that, about the helicopter, that's what I told the. Uh, we had to go in there and uncover it and get these guys out of there. That was what really got to me. Was I mean, and they didn't make it. But uh, that's what I had to tell, told the psychiatrist, and she, I didn't. And I had a session, and then she just wrote a report and sent it in, and almost all of a sudden I'm getting a, a call from uh, the pay. What do you call it? The pay got quarter or mm-hmm. the pay guy that writes the checks <laughs> was in Bremerton. He wrote me a check and said, here's your uh, blah, blah, blah. And I go, wow, I didn't even expect anything, you know. But the PTSD, I guess that would, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There are guys that that were on the ground. They are the ones that get the PTSD. I didn't really think I deserved it. Oh, I never pursued PTSD because I had so many other things wrong with me that, just, I just didn't even consider that I was going to die from PTSD. I figured I was going to die from the hepatitis, so it would make more sense to get 100% for that than it would be to worry about my brain. Because it yeah. looked to me like I was going to kick the bucket within 10 years of when I got my money, and I'm trying to provide for my wife, mostly. Yeah, and you, yeah, but you, you got... Survived. <laughs> you survived. Yeah, you got, cured, you got cured, though, didn't you? I say it again? 
you got rid of the virus with that uh, Harvoni, right? Uh, actually, I used the first one, the Sovaldi, which is one half of Harvoni. I got uh, Genotype 3A. I got it from a transfusion over there. Some, uh, oh, they only okay. had long tribesmen that were close by. We grabbed a couple of them with O-positive blood, and they I hit them up for a pint for each one of them. And I come down with hepatitis 89 days right after that. So it was pretty obvious where I got the hepatitis from. We just didn't know it was hepatitis C. Yeah, yeah but I, you I had the symptoms of a, a incubation period was that long. Yeah. Well, There's an incubation period, and then you get kind of like a flu symptoms once it's taken hold of you. Oh, I didn't have flu symptoms. I almost died from the hepatitis. I mean, I was in the hospital for six weeks with it. I mean, they, they had the preacher in there giving me the last rites at one point because they didn't think I was going to pull out of it, but I did. Wow. <laughs> it brought me some pot, and I smoked that, and I got hungry and started eating again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I'm going to get off. Somebody else might be trying to call. Okay, well, good to hear from you. Yeah, I, I guess I'll just wait the two years. They told me it was two to four years to go yeah, to BVA. Well, that's, that's just about right. But you'll win there. But just make sure you get a letter from Doc. Uh, get your C file copy back from the attorneys and, and tell them you're going to go get another Nexus letter from Doctor Cecil. His re, his letters are really highly respected because he's a former VA doctor. Right. Do I need to send the yep. whole damn thing to him? Yeah, and, and the other thing 40, about, 40, 40 or fifty bucks to send it in the mail. Uh, no, not not if you get it as a CD. Not all the paper. You don't want it all in paper. You want it in electronic format. How do I get it on a CD? Where do you do that at? Uh, the the attorneys will do it for you. They should have done it already. Oh, okay. I kept that. Out. Or just tell them to just just make copies of your service. Treatment records, not the whole thing, not all your transplant information, just from when you were in the service. Right. Just those medical records alone. That's all that's required to meet the requirements for this when you give it to your gastroenterologist over there in Spokane or wherever. He wants to see what was going on during the service because that's where you're claiming it from. They're, they yeah. don't care whether you got the, the what do you I don't have any uh, medical records for the uh, hepatitis C though for the jet air guns. I don't have any. Oh, but I it's never a got. Risk. I was in the hospital for uh, two days in boot camp, and I think that's when I had the incubation period came about, and I because I had the flu symptoms, and I didn't have the flu because I got out in two days. But I was waiting for those records from uh, San Antonio. I had to ride into San Antonio to get the records because the where I took boot camp, that that base isn't even there anymore. Who, Lackland? Uh, Fort Ord. Oh, Fort Ord. Yep. Yeah, that oh. place is gone. It's marked out. They send your it. records to uh, some place in San Antonio. Oh. Brooke, so I'm waiting on them. I, I already wrote to them and sent them a request for it. I'm just waiting for them to send me back the medical record. It might well, take them a year to find it. <laughs> get to, yeah, well, that's because hospital records aren't kept with with uh, sick call records. 
Yeah, right. Well, they're going to probably take them a while to find it. Well, they got to go through the whole Ford Ord up until it closed in the 90s. Uh, they'll have to go through all them records. Well, important thing is is that when you got your transplant, they did a biopsy on the liver for a pathology report. You also yeah, I just, did the biopsy 10 years before I got the transplant. It probably said you were what, about stage 4? I was stage 3 when I got the got the bi, uh, first biopsy. Hmm. Usually and then they 10 do years later, I uh, had to quit work because I couldn't work anymore. I was, you know, you get this thing called encephalopathy and your brain doesn't work right anymore. Oh, yeah. Because your I liver doesn't. High ammonia and, levels. Yeah. And I couldn't, I worked with high end expensive wood and I couldn't, I couldn't screw, I started screwing stuff up and I go, okay, that's it. I couldn't quit when he, the doctor first told me he wanted to give me this interferon and all this. I said, no, I don't want to do it. I I got to work. I got a mortgage. I got blah 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 and all that, you know. And so I worked for ten more years, and then I couldn't do it anymore. Well, you you did the Harvoni, and you're cured now. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't have this. So far, so good. I mean, I'm. What is it? Six months. It's been six months, and it's still clean. Well, the reason you can still claim hepatitis is because the secondary effects of it, all the different things that happen to your body, you usually get hypo or hyperthyroidism, you get uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you get diabetes mellitus, too, from it. There's a bunch of I've already got the start of diabetes. Yep. In my feet. I've got neuropathy in my feet now. There's another guy on the site. He had to do it. He said he had to do it twice with the ribavirin. And he said the ribavirin messed up his feet. Oh, yeah. That's just every That's bit of what it is, you, too. That's what caused that. If, you, if you've got diabetes and you're in Vietnam, don't worry about, don't worry about the hepatitis. That's automatic presumption from agent orange exposure. Right. Do not worry oh, about that. You know what I don't get is there are so many claims for hepatitis, and they're almost all of them are denied. How can they do that, though? Are, are these people making this up? Or, I mean, I can't believe they deny them all. Well, it's real simple. Everybody shows up at the DAV or the VFW, and they fill out all the forms and mail them in, and you get denied because you didn't put in a nexus letter, and they don't tell you you need one. Yeah, that's why you lose. You yeah, I've been designed to be that way. You well, I, I in put in a claim a long guys. time ago when I first, I think it was 2008. I put in a claim, and then they they sent back a denial, and I said, okay, I ain't gonna even mess with these guys. I didn't want to mess with the government. It's all paperwork, is what I. What they denied for? I didn't for? do it. Quit doing what did they it. What they deny for? Pardon me. What did they deny it for? What did you file? Or hepatitis. Anything else besides hepatitis? And go. I missed the year. After one year, they that's it. It's they closed. Anything it. Agent Orange related in that claim? Well, I or went to the. I'm on the Agent Orange registry. Right, but if you filed a claim in 2008 or a certain time, and they denied it, and you didn't appeal it, and you've still got the condition, it didn't have to be hepatitis. Is not a 
presumptive condition. But if you've got any presumptive Agent Orange issue, hypertension, uh, ischemic heart disease, diabetes mellitus, certain forms of cancers, that is a automatic cue. And you have to go back to the date you first filed that claim if you had any of those in, included in that first claim you filed in 2008. Yeah. I heard that they just, that once they close it, you have to file to reopen it. No. No. That's what I did no. this time. I filed to reopen it. And I had you to can put new evidence in. But what was the claim? If it was, if it was diabetes, was diabetes part of it? No, I didn't put that in it. I had, this diabetes stuff didn't happen until I started taking this uh, uh, the Harvoni with the ribavirin. Doesn't matter what I took it once before this. I took the interferon and the ribavirin for ten months. That's when my feet started tingling. You know, then this last time they now I got it permanent. Have you had your A1C checked? The what? Your hemoglobin A1Cs, that's your uh, blood sugar readings over time, three-month period. They do those types of checks on you? Yeah, I do a blood draw every three months because I have a transplant. Okay, what are they, what, what's, your, what's your sugar readings running? They're normal. They're really at, kind of right at the right at the borderline of being high, but they're below the normal range. I got two points or something like that. Okay, you're close. Yeah, I'm close. If it does get there, once you get a diagnosis, you get that claim filed. That's presumptive. No matter what, you know, because it's a presumptive age joint exposure. The onset. Well, I've got high really blood matter. pressure because of this medication, too. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. I had to get a hip replacement, too, because the, the hepatitis C attacks your uh, big joints. So this, I had my left hip went bad on me. I don't know. I never. My rest of my family, they don't have. We never had problems like that. So I believe it's from the hepatitis C. There's so many. They haven't hooked up with this yet. Like for instance, nobody in my family ever had any digestive issues. I come back from Southeast Asia. Next thing you know, I got Crohn's disease, and my then my kids. And he's got ulcerative colitis, which is basically the same thing in the large intestine. And uh, nobody in my family has ever had Crohn's. And usually you can tell it runs in a family. And I've talked with a bunch of different guys that had hepatitis C, and all of them, uh, well, I'm not saying all of them, but I'd say a good 45, 55% of them also have Crohn's disease as well. Or guys who are just exposed to Agent Orange have Crohn's disease. VA ain't going to put that on the list because it's just, it just well, it, it costs money to do things like that. And that's dumb. VA's in this to make more money for bonuses and less money for heroes. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's right. They like yeah, they're they're taking they money like from the uh, choice. It's called, you know what the choice thing is, right? Choice oh, yeah. program. Yeah, you see the Yeah. They're taking money out of that to pay for Denver VA. Oh, shoot. You know why, don't you? They well, deny the everybody VA to use is, it. And... It's behind schedule and over budget. 
They denied everybody the use of the choice program. They denied everybody the use of the choice program. I watched the hearing on the, the veteran hearing on the C-SPAN and McDonald and this, uh, the guy, one guy below him that were in there, and they were questioning him about the, where are we going to get the money to pay for this now, That's the, the over budget on the Denver VA. And uh, uh, he goes, we're going to have to take this. The other guy goes, well, we're gonna, we can take it out of choice program. And uh, <laughs> I guess that's where it's coming from. <clears throat> and any, Bernie Sanders was in there, too, and they were talking about privatizing the VA, too. So that's the next step, I think. If you get a Republican president that's and a Republican Congress, the VA will get privatized. Well, they almost killed me, so I'm, it's not going not gonna to bum me it's out. It's not going to hurt my feeling either way. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer oh, I'm really? on Medicare. When you well, privatize, anyway, that'll ruin the whole system. It, privatizing it would be a private company will run that. Bottom, their bottom line will be the dollar sign, and that will get rid of any no. quality of health care in there at all. They won't do it that well, way. I'm still waiting to see the quality of health care. They're not going to do it I've that way. And each time they did another operation on me, they said, you're good to go, dude. That lasted for about two oh, yeah. weeks. I've seen your stomach on there. Is that that was your stomach, right? What was Where They left? did a graph on your stomach? Yeah. Well, they cut me open, <laughs> and, and they cut out about 35, 45 centimeters of my small bowel that collapsed. Then they joined it back together again, and it leaked because they didn't sew it back together in it good enough. So it leaked yeah, for about eight. Bad. And I looked like Octo Mom, man. I looked like I was pregnant with eight kids. Yeah, I saw that the... scar tissue and everything. That's really sad. Yeah, they it, it cut me open again. They had me open where they could keep going in for, oh, I guess about a month and a half in the ICU. And then they kind of... Sort of sewed it back together a little bit, but they didn't pull it up tight and staple it. And they said, well, we're just going to let it heal by secondary intention because we might have to go back in again. So they went back in again in March of 2010 and tried to join it back up again and take down the colostomy bag, and it leaked again. So they went in a week later after that, cut me open the fourth time, Joined it back together again and put this big old huge piece of cadaver skin on there, and that's what I got there now. Yeah, that's a, what I read there. Yeah, I seen that. That's they really put a wound pump on there, a vacuum wound pump, and it says right on the alloderm literature it says do not do this or you'll get ventral hernias. I got five of them, five ventral ventral hernias. If I sneeze, I watch my small intestine jump out through my holes. <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. Jesus. I'm alive. Who cares? Yeah. I'm alive. Well, that's what happened to me is the I, they sewed me up after the transplant, and then they had I had a bile leak. My whole abdomen filled up with bile. I couldn't believe it, man. Fucking, they're sticking these big long needles in me to try to drain it out. Oh yeah, the ascites. Yeah. And then I got a hernia on the one side. Then they had to cut me open again to put a. They go, well, we got to put a patch in there now, or whatever you call that stuff they put in there. Mesh. 
the mesh. They st- and then they didn't put it all the way down on my side, and the hernia came back. <laughs> and I go, I was thinking about getting it. I said, forget it. I ain't going back in there. I just leave it. I got a hernia permanent now, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go back in there and get cut open again. I can't uh, do that three times. When I escaped in May of 2010, I said, you know, I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm out of here. I'm on to Medicare. If they got to cut me open again, I'm going to be doing it in a real hospital and not someplace where you got a whole bunch of doogie housers trying to learn how to. Yeah, cut that's well. That's why I went. In. That's why I went to the University of Washington. Was I didn't want to go to. I call, I tried to go to the VA down in Oregon. They do the transplants down there. Mm. Uh, the girl, the head nurse, told me it'd be a year before I could get in there. I thought they put you on a meld scale or something. Uh, whoever gets the whoever's the worst goes. The kids go first, and then your meld score. If it's really high, you can go in. That's how they take you. Oh, I know. But I got in over here really fast because I must have been pretty bad. <laughs> I must have been in bad shape. Bad. It only sure. took me six months to get a transplant. That's not bad. I've known guys that went longer than that. Yeah, I was surprised. I went, "Wow, that's fast." They they, took, yeah. they told me I was never going to be on a on a get a meld score because of that Crohn's disease. It's an autoimmune disorder. If they put a new brand new liver in there, my body'd kill it in two years. Yeah. No matter how much uh, progra- prograph or anything else I ate to try to subdue it, it was never ever going to pull the work. That's why I've been trying so long and waited and took such good care of myself so that I could get a a new liver via Harvoni or Silvaldi. But I was right. supposed to eat that ribavirin for six months and with my autoimmune disorders I knew it'd kill me. So I just did it with Silvaldi all by itself and threw the other stuff in the trash can and I still made it. Wow. Wow, you're pretty brave, man. <laughs> no, I like being alive. That's why I'm brave. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, to not take the other drug with it. <laughs> My body's already in rebellion. If I, it's, it's already, I got what, you know, an auto disorder, it means your body's attacking itself all the time. When you yeah. put the... You add that ribavirin or the interferon on, that's an accelerator. That's like throwing napalm on a house fire. Yeah. I don't need any more napalm in my body. <laughs> it's, I agree. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Anyways, I got, the, uh, I got this stuff rolling. I might as well just wait for two years, I guess, before I hear anything. But if I get a, a nexus, I'm going to send it to them. Yeah, and you're going to need to get some of that information back from your attorney. Don't ever, ever give everybody everything you have on any subject like this. Always keep a copy for yourself so that you can engage in what you're going to need to do here. Because, yeah, they right. might go get... Hey, can, they, would I, can I get another copy of my C file? Would they send me another one? I doubt it. Not with not knowing that your attorney already. If they know your attorney has your copy, then they're not going to make you another copy without charging you big dollars. Best to go back so to your attorney. And, 
them to just send you what you called your STR, service treatment records. That's all you need to have them pull out. Okay, I'll call them and tell them I need them. Yeah, I would. Okay, well, I'm going to get off. Somebody else might want to get in here. All righty. But it's nice talking to you guys. I appreciate the time. Oh, you're quite welcome. You'd do it for me if the shoe was on the other foot, son. Yeah. I'm really, I've learned a lot since I've started doing all, I mean, if I didn't have this computer, I wouldn't know much about nothing, so. All right, well, have a good day, you guys. I appreciate the help. Thank you calling in. Okay. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Okay. Bye. Bye. Didn't that make you feel good, Gerald? If you help even one person, you feel like your whole reason for being alive has been justified. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right, and that's that's what we try to do is help someone. Uh, you know, uh, do everything we can to help them because. Lord knows we've sure made a lot of mistakes of our own. If we can pass them on, keep other people from making those mistakes, all the better. Yeah, they say. Well, they say teach men or take a man fishing, you'll eat for a day. Teach a man how to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. That's, That's what I like about lesson. what Teresa did with Hat. It, it, it just, you know, it's such an inspiring story that, that she was able to pull that off. When I finally. When the little light bulb came on over my head in about 2008, and I went, got together with all these people at Hepatitis C, and they are all saying the same exact thing. How did you win? How on earth did you do that? How come I didn't win? And, you know, if you do a lot of research and a lot of stuff, and all of a sudden that light bulb comes on, and you say, holy mackerel, I wonder how many other people don't know about this. <laughs> You know, you're, you're absolutely right because, you know, it takes a long time to figure this out or what move to make, what not to make, where you're wasting your time and where you're not. Uh, I'd say probably 80 or 90% of the stuff uh, usually a veteran sends in to the VA is useless. Uh, you got to have it, uh, it comes down to having those IMEs and IMOs uh, and and supplying a nexus. Uh, other than that, all that other junk you, you send in, a lot of it's not important. Well, you know, this thing with hepatitis C, I've noticed, especially when you file these jet gun claims, there's no way you can go back and say, well, you know, look, they used a jet gun on me. Here's a picture in my little yearbook when I graduated. Picture of the guy that was two in front of me getting his shot. And, of course, there's, you can't see any blood in the pictures. You can't prove anything. But it is a viable risk factor. And because you have eyes, ears, and nose, and, and, and touch, and, and, and your five senses, you can declare that, yeah, you were shot with a jet gun. You saw it happen. There's a but he can mistake what a jet gun looks like. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I was you, shot with him. Yeah, you yeah, can tell. You got shot with one, but 
you can't make the next leap of faith and say, well, gee, there was a guy five in front of me, man, and he flinched, and that sliced him open like a laser knife, and he bled all over the place. There was blood on the nose of the gun, and, and by the time it got to me, his blood was on my arm when I got shot. You can say all that, but you can't say, but the blood had hepatitis C in it. <laughs> you got to get a doctor to say that. It, it is a viable no. risk. How you're going to Not win all stressors it. are on video, right? <laughs> and uh, I've discovered you'll never win a jet gun claim at the local regional office level. They'll deny it, deny it, deny it all the way through. So I've discovered that the only way that you win these things, and every one of them that I've won with my guys has been the same blueprint. You get the nexus letter from Dr. Cecil. You get a nexus letter from your own gastro doc that's been uh, treating you all, all along. And, of course, if you've been using the VA, you're, you can't, they won't write you a letter. You know that. You take them letters yep. and you that up to the Board of Veterans' Appeals two, three years, like this poor old boy is going to have to do, and they're going to drop that down there in front of that veterans' law judge, and, and they're going to turn around and look. VA is so confident they're going to win at the regional office level, they don't even bother to write a good nexus letter. They just write some thing as well. It would be horribly uh, speculative for me to say he got it from the jet gun pot and he drank a lot of liquor. He probably got it from getting drunk. You don't get hepatitis from getting drunk. But that's immaterial. That's what they write, and it doesn't stand up when you get to the court, the veterans court up above, the BVA. And that's how you win it. That's how you win it. You get it out of the regional office level and get it up to an attorney or a judge in D.C. who's a real honest guy judge. You've got a law degree. You're not dealing with a bunch yeah. of legals.com idiots. You have to have a place that says legal precedent. And to read the law office they hide behind it, they don't say it. They no. think they do. But it's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> It's like the King Arthur's court. <laughs> yeah. Um, every win we've gotten is because the the it just says, well, yeah, the the VA examiner down there in Seattle, he said that you did have a tattoo, and yeah, you did out with a jet gun if you say you did, and yeah, you did get STDs while you're in service. But you know what? You only claim the jack gun being a risk factor. You can't come back and start other things. Well, of course you can. You know any better? You're not a doctor. If you find out that, that uh, getting a black clap in Saigon while you're on R&R on or whatever down the Cholon district, you come down with that and it takes them about 10 million units of penicillin to kill it. You just like high you might have picked up hepatitis C while you were laying down because <laughs> it didn't come from a toilet seat. That's a fact. Same thing with the tattoo. You got to, the way you win these things is you claim it all. You just get out the 12 gauge and shoot it all onto the wall. You shoot it, poke holes in the dark because you don't know any better. You don't know what caused it. You're, you're not expected the way... to know. The way you word it is a. That's the way you word it, Alex. How would you word your claim? That's that that that's 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 the deal. That's exactly how, right. how you word it. Uh, I was, for example, you filed a claim. 
Don, for hepatitis. Ninety four two thousand and six when I refiled, they said you had us B in ninety four. And I said, Yeah, well we just found out about it in nineteen ninety six I had hepatitis C too. <clears throat> they said, Well you didn't you can't file for hepatitis C. You can only refile for hepatitis B. Hepatitis C would be a brand new claim. I said, No, it ain't. Shit, it's hepatitis. Pick your flavor. I don't care what you want to call it. It's hepatitis. I don't I don't know what it was. It's not otherwise specified. My medical records show I had hepatitis in the service, but the guy didn't even know whether there was a hepatitis C in 1970, so how can they write that up? Whether it's old be like going to a junkyard in 1946 and saying, yeah, I need a left front quarter for a 67 Mustang. Where you got them at? And old boy look at yep. you and say, what? <laughs> Time traveler. Oh, they beat you, too. They'll say, Shit, there ain't no hepatitis C in your records. I'm looking at them right here, 1970. Where does it say hepatitis C? It doesn't. You lose. That's, that's the biggest misconception of the VA when you get your denial letter. Your records do not show you weren't exposed to anything in service. Right. Right. Just because it doesn't, you know, just because the cancer didn't show up for 20 years after or 30 mm. didn't mean you didn't get exposed to the Agent Orange. It just means you right. didn't start... It's like if you got high blood pressure. You go through service and then you get out, and you go to the doctor in your first service year within the one year when you get out. And you go to a doctor and your blood pressure is 200 over 100, and you get it checked for so many days during that first year, and it's high. And guess what? That's service connectable. That's in a presumptive period. And they'll fight you tooth and nail on that, and they'll, they'll die trying to fight you on that. Yeah, or they'll die on that 10% hill and say you're not entitled to 20%. No, low, dear. A low ball. Yep. So we know Asthma's been exposed to hepatitis, Gerald. Yeah, we sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did it, though. What did it cost you? I'm more excited and more happy than you guys will ever hope to know, but I thought. It was B and C, apparently, but I've whipped them both. And I'm going to be ugly and old and, and enjoy both aspects of it. Hey, I got the best story of all for you. I had this old boy, 93 years old, about the last guy a World War II vet left alive. He's a Marine. He, got, he took his brother's birth certificate down to sign up in 1943. And got it, or 1944. He went in uh, to Iwo Jima on the first wave, went into New Georgia, and he went ashore first wave at Okinawa. And he got dinged up, brain screwed up a little bit from all that blood, and they put him on graves and registration in Okinawa. He's been screaming that he had PTSD ever since he got out of the service, but he didn't know what to call it. And finally, I had his his daughter wheel him into the Chicago R.O. on about the 6th of December and say, this is our last stop, gentlemen. Either you guys connect my father for PTSD or we got a date with Channel 2 CBS as soon as I leave here, and they're waiting to talk to us. That son of a bitch had his C exam in one week, and he got December 31st, lowball, 30% PTSD, but he got it. Yeah. Ninety-three years well, old. He should have had that done quickly. 
he should have been expedited. My grandpa was the same age, 92, and uh, he went from a denial to a BVA hearing in 14 days. Wow. Well, and the good news was, is you, that Warriors uh, sued me on February 6th of last year for the same thing that they just got their dick in the dirt on yesterday night. Well, guess what? When it all comes to when it all comes to surpass and they get finally get busted, you need to turn around and counter sue them. Yeah, but there's no money in that. I, I was right, you know. I don't need any more money. I know, man. It caused you harm. Well, it caused me a ton of money to defend myself. But you know, this was never about me or WWP or anybody else. You know what this was about? Mm-hmm. Disabled veterans, just like you, me, Gerald. That fella just called in. That's what this is about. It's not how much money you can pile up in a bank account and then never give to a veteran. That just bugged me, but it wasn't a, it wasn't the focus of it. I just like to see the money get out to the. I just can't stand it. I want to see a percentage, good percentage of the veterans get the money that they're asking for. I don't see a veteran getting forty cents to the dollar. That's bull. Yeah, and I don't like it when they sit there and swear up and down. They're giving them 80 cents on the dollar, and you know damn well as good as I do that they, they're lucky if they see 20 cents on the dollar because, well, my attorney told me I had to shut up and talk about that. But it looks to me like somebody doing something dirty. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How many R2 vets are they helping? <laughs> well, they're not helping anybody that didn't serve after 9-11. But that that's okay. If you want to set up a charity and all you want to do is help guys with hepatitis C, then that's your, your bailiwick. You can do whatever you want. You can set the parameters of whatever you're going to do. But you damn sure better take the money you collected and give it to them instead of sticking it in your own pocket and buying a Lexus. I thought we all learned that. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker got caught with that air-conditioned doghouse down in North Carolina. <laughs> How many uh, <laughs> how many eight grand a month veterans do they take a money for? <laughs> yeah. Some guys probably got TBI miss a couple of arms and legs, you know, and they're dinking him. Twenty dollars a month in dues to send him a little blanket or something every once in a while or a hat or 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 WWP socks and he's a paraplegic and doesn't even have any legs and they're mailing him socks. I get these I get these calls these telemarkers all the time and these veterans groups call me all the time and some I've never even heard of and they call me and they tell me what they give me their spill you know I listen to them and they're like we do this and this for disabled veterans I said really I said where's my check at man I ain't seen a dime from you I never even thought about doing that I'm 290 disabled now but how do I sign up for that yep mm. All the time, try to shake us down. I know, I'm, I'm no. just enchanted that, that there be a, other vet charities have their problems because I, I was beginning to justice in the world, but apparently everybody tune in to CBS tonight. Scott Pelley's going to have the, the second installment of what WWP's been up to for the last five years. 6.30 Eastern. Uh yeah, I'd say, I think it's six six thirty out here, but it varies. Some some CBS stations. Have you sure, it's not Brian Williams that he was there. 
saw the thing this morning on uh, CBS this morning, and they said they're going to have another blurb of it tonight. So I imagine this thing's probably going to go about five or ten news cycles. That'd be all right. Be so oh, yeah. I, I ain't going to be happy until somebody I know that sued me is, is living underneath an overpass someplace in Arvada, Colorado, or something with a mobile That might work. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, 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 I ain't going to sue him. One, I'm right. I want to talk it about injustice. Sign that little piece of paper swearing up and down that I was guilty as charged. I want to talk about an injustice on a serious note. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when you go in service, you know, you go in and you, they determine you to be sound mind and body. You take your physical and you you do your mental health screening. You go in service and you do your job. You know, whether you're a peacetime veteran or a wartime veteran, you know, you know what you're up against because, you know, it all depends on the time period you're in. And the military is a dangerous place. Okay, there's all kinds of things. You've got aircraft. You've got uh, you've got chemical exposures. You've got the industrial activity. You've got everything in the world that can actually mess a veteran up. You know, and it's just on a daily basis. Just like in the environment, you know, you're working. You know, everything's dangerous. You know, you get killed in car accidents. You can get sucked into a jet engine or anything. That's just the way it is. But when our government deliberately exposes our veterans to chemicals such as VX and Agent Orange and Mustard, on purpose to look at to see how they fare and then hide the results and won't get rid of their medical records and they can't even get a VA claim filed or get something adjudicated, that has to change. Because we've got some Project 112 vets out there that can't get any justice done this time they get this time they be made whole. My only experience is Agent Orange and Gerald's is with radiation. I don't know if you got hosed by anything on uh, directly or indirectly, but it doesn't make any difference. Like, <laughs> like you said, it's a real hostile environment for your health, and uh, you're a kind of a no-deposit, no-return item. They get you for free, basically, for two, three, four years, Use you all up, and they spit you out, and you're done. And they really don't need to have any more conversations with you. And if you got a problem, you got to go to the VA. You can't even go back to the people that caused the problem. That's where the that's where the rub gets you. You're talking to the VA, of course. They got their middle finger pointing down at the ground. And says, "Here, can you hear this? Let me turn it up for you." <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you my story, Alex. I was a young tell kid me out of your Kentucky. Story, son. I was a young man out of Kentucky. Second command, second ship. First command didn't work out too well. I, somebody tried to put me to the bottom of the ship. <laughs> but uh, on the second command, I went into this division officer one day, and this nice guy, he was a real nice guy, he said, Hello, Mr. Stacy. And I said, Hello, sir. He said, here's what you're going to be doing. He said, you're leaving the ship for a couple of days. He said, I'm going to send you to school. So he sent four or five of us over to the school in San Diego. And I looked and walked into school, and this guy says, hi, I'm Mr. So-and-so. I'm teaching his bestest rip-out school. Okay. He said, you two learn very important. He goes, here's your techniques for ripping out his bestest. So I went that for a few weeks. And I got done with that, and I went to another school. Hi, this is Mr. So-and-so. I'm the Radcon officer. 
you are now going to be radiation workers. At one time in the entire state of California, I was only certified as bestest removal person and radiation worker on the West Coast. And subtenders, that's what happens. You work on submarines, guess what you get exposed to? Asbestos. Inside and radiation. Yeah. <laughs> Inside reactors. <laughs> We're sitting in daytime and things like that. Inside of that reactor. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we had an incident that flooded the lower level one and things, and uh, I was the only one, and we had to run yard burgers doing it, and that was a job. It took four days to get it clean. I didn't get a letter out of that one, though. We, our gas tanks got time, and when we weren't doing anything, we were sitting around on a rainy day, and we couldn't fly. Like we'd take them the gas lines apart and, and, and use something called MEK, methyl ethyl ketone, to clean all yes. that shit out. Nobody had gloves. Nobody had nothing. All we had was, like, piano wire and, and, and uh, what do you call them, uh, Pipe cleaners, you know, white mm-hmm. pipe cleaners, and he'd clean out all these little hoses with in a big tub of methyl ethyl ketone. I, I had that shit all the way up to past my elbows, all over me, at least once or twice a week. Never thought anything about it, and now you start reading about MEK, and you're just like, don't ever allow this stuff to come in contact with your body. <laughs> oh shit! Children be born missing. Kind of Fine, how do you do to tell you about it 40 years later? So, I don't know. I haven't come down with cancer yet, so I guess I didn't get enough of it on me. Oh, God. Did they send you enough uh, Huey uh, skin patch to uh, fix your little green hash and shoulders the other day? That post I put up with the cardboard box and the saran wrap. I saw that. Yeah, I was talking about Huey's skin pants, duct tape. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm expecting to see come down the pike here directly, or else they're going to show up with this thing on the back of a truck that's all like like an 8 by 10 or something. So where do you want this thing at? You're not going to need it in a few months. It's going to be spring. <laughs> Well, exactly right. But, you know, all them raised planters I built back in 2008 out of regular old 2x6 whitewood, they're all rotted and falling apart. So this couldn't happen at a better time. But I don't know. We're, we're going to see. I'm going to give them until, like I said, March 6th. And if they, they don't have any action jacks, and old Bob Walsh is going to have to swing back into, into action himself. Oh, Bob Square Pants. Law Bob Squarepants, man, is my answer to the VA. He gets them to listen when I can't. <laughs> yeah, that that guy's gotten it. almost thousand dollars off of me in the last two years. He's, he thinks something. He just thinks it's sliced bread. <laughs> well. Oh, I just got a letter from the VA. I texted it to Bob Walsh. I didn't know, but uh, he had a fully developed claim, I guess, in there. And, uh, uh, of course, they have denied it. They they said because I have something on appeal. And I was what the hell is this? So I faxed it to Bob because it says here, agent or private attorney ex- exclusive contact 
contact not requested. So they're not sending my information to my attorney. <laughs> so I packed it to him. Do you have a clean for, Gerald? Why? It don't say. It just says uh, your claim under the... Uh, we cannot process your claim under the fully developed claim. That's because you got a lot of your records are handwritten. They're not all typed up real fancy on the, the forms. Uh, you're, not, you're not using the 26 easy. All your evidence is still handwritten, and they got to slog through it because the PDF, word searchable PDF thing can't read all them handwritten records. So that's my problem. They can't uh, can't do fully developed on any of us Vietnam folks with handwritten medical records. Well, it says that, means here that I have a, an appeal pending at the time we received your fully developed claim application. <laughs> so have I got two claims going in there? That <laughs> means well, that your I claim is... even get a chuckle out of that. That means your claim has been slid off the streamlined aircraft carrier onto the slot barge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the... The garbage dumper. <laughs> the scow. Well, you know, when I, I uh, let's see, when was it? Well, when I filed my original notice of appeal to the Court of Veterans' Appeals, I hired Bob. They never sent him anything, and when I won, they sent me all the money and didn't give him any. And when I called him up to tell him the thanks for the big win, he goes, what are you talking about? You won? You the money? Oh, my God. Well, how am I ever going to get my money? I said, relax. I'll give you your money. Don't worry. I'm not that kind of guy. But when I went in there for the extraordinary writ, they still were not sending him anything. And he got real hot underneath the collar. My God, they finally got that thing organized. They were still sending that stuff to the military order of the Purple Heart. I fired them in 2008. Oh, Join the club. Gerald had had the same similar circumstances in the organization. Yeah, you know, it took me about three or four years. Finally, Bob, whenever I hired him, he he got it uh, taken care of for me. But I'd send him letter after letter saying these people are not my, uh, don't have my POA. I've revoked it. And uh, they kept sending it to Bob said, I never got nothing from them. I said, Bob says, yeah, they sent to the Purple Arts. <laughs> or the BBA, I think it was. That took me forever. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's your VA hard at work. Yeah. We never make mistakes. Yeah, boy. Remember, guys, the most populated state is the state of confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I got to plug out of here because I got a veteran. I'm going to drive down to the supermarket because he doesn't drive in his wheelchair. It's too far. That's my project. We we get a we get a discount because we're old on Wednesdays. We get a ten percent discount between eleven and two. So I got a narrow window of opportunity to get him his groceries before he, <clears throat> he has to pay ten percent more. <laughs> wow, that's a good deal. 
You take care of that business, buddy. That's right. That's my good deed for Wednesday. Well, it sure is good deed. Well, take well like safe I said, way. you know, <laughs> on the other foot, you know as well as I do, there'd be a veteran there for me. That's why. That's what Teresa's whole theory on life is all about. That's what I subscribe to that philosophy entirely. That's why enjoy the hell out of doing these shows if we can even help one person and that's one more that ain't gonna have to learn how to fish and stay alive <clears throat> or depend on me for his fish <laughs> <laughs> well we thank you for coming on Alex and looking forward to having you back on by golly by this golly I'd, I'd give my eye teeth to you every time <laughs> I even <laughs> Hanging out out in front of me, I snap at it like a hungry bass. Well, just count yourself as a regular. Just dial in every Wednesday. Roger that. <laughs> we'll find something to talk about. If we can't, we'll make it up. Yo, I got about three or four good shows built up here. I was going to talk about waiver of review today, but we had that fellow there from Eastern Washington. Well, that's good. It's good to be flexible and be able to help any, anybody and everybody when they call in like that because everybody's claim is a unique, uh, completely different. Yes, it yeah, is. Well, we, and, uh, we can do that any time, too. We can run two shows. So if you ever decide you want to do it, just call us up and we can set it up. You can help post it yourself. Just the time you want to do it, just let us know. Oh, hell, I wouldn't enjoy doing a show without you. You fellers on there. You know what I mean. You, yeah, we'd be there, but I mean, you know, that way you could uh, do it at your best time, too. We work with you on it. It's not, you know, we have oh, avenues. Well, I, I got a long, not a long, it takes 60 minutes probably to discuss it, but uh, it's so unique nowadays with this all electronic thing. you got to rethink how you do claims if you're going to do these DBQs and if you're going to do fully developed claims and what the right form is to supply, to use, to make sure that you don't use one in 4138s, which is kind of like a waste of time. They've seen so many of those things that they don't even look at them anymore. They, you know, short of shredding them, they just don't even waste their time looking at that stuff. So you gotta, you got to use your imagination to win your claims these days. But like I said, That's i got to go. Though, Bob. I mean. Thank you all so much for today. I appreciate that. Okay. Talk to you later, Alex. For stepping on your necktie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, talk to you all later. Okay, be careful. We'll see you next week, Alex. Roger that. Interesting show so far, Joe. Well, it's been a good show, John. Uh, <clears throat> we got a couple minutes left. You wanted to? Uh, we're talking about. Uh, we've got. Uh, Gerald is, uh, of course, you know he's been exposed to these chemicals, and other folks have been exposed to stuff, and that needs to be brought up the limelight. You know, it needs to be addressed as far if you've been exposed to stuff, folks. That's like. This guy's called in, and he's exposed to the jet guns. I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, you catch hepatitis C off somebody else's blood because of them damn jet guns. That's possible. Yes, That's highly possible. 
And, uh, and I've seen that myself because I think they just started using them when I went in the service. And and uh, some of them guys would plant or something, and, and uh, my God, it looked like they got shot with a shotgun. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, oh, up. my God. <laughs> Shit, they'd line us up and they had two going, we'd be like a gauntlet going down the middle, both sides. Bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. Yeah, you was. And, uh, uh, boy, you just scrunch up because you didn't know, if, you know, if that guy was short on cabin you, uh, uh, where the gun didn't, or it went off too soon, or you, it was the flinch or something, uh, it, you know, it's pretty scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's sad. That is sad. I mean, you know, but they're not going to own up to it. I mean, the VA is supposed to take care of the veterans, but I don't, you know. I mean, hopefully things will change once we have the change in the power in D.C. Because uh, it's just, uh, you know, we're just, everybody promises a good game, but nothing gets done. You know, yeah. there's been a few changes, but I've I seen where them two folks got their job back. Man. Back to work. And uh, that's a joke. Uh, hopefully we get the right person in office that'll go through and clean the system out. Now, I got to mention privatizing the VA a while ago. Now, that's not a bad idea to privatize the VA, but just give the just give us just give us a VA card and let us go to any doctor we want to let and pay it. Well, you know, if you got a copay, you got to pay a copay. Uh, you but they're gonna, you know, if this goes over to to the private sector, it's like these uh, uh, CMP examiners where they got them uh, uh, private uh, contractors they use uh, for that, some of them, man. Oh, no. It wouldn't be that way, Gerald, because what they would do is they would separate the... No, they would separate the VHA. That would be your health care problem. They'd keep the VBA, and they'd keep these clinics open, and they'd use that for their CMP programs. Yeah. But you'd still have, you know, you would still have uh, capability. You'd mean to go to the clinics where you're going to go to, but you would have uh, free reign to travel where you wanted to travel and go see you wanted to see. You can get your own AMOs and things like that, too. But Yeah. As far as claims, adjudication, and things like that, it'd still be, you know, it'd still basically still be the same because you cannot get rid of the VBA. Wish you could, but then these hospitals and things like that, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of employees. You know, that's a lot of buildings. They can sell them back to the private, you know, the private sector or whatever it takes they need to. And use them because I mean that would put a lot of basically save a lot of money for the budget, in my opinion, because it takes a lot of money to run them hospitals, a lot of money. Well, I think they ought to switch veterans over to like uh, Medicare and mm-hmm. uh, improve Medicare with the extra money uh, and do it that way. That way, you can go to any doctor in the hospital. Well, veterans should have copay, so. And veterans should have have, oh, yeah, and veterans should not have uh, uh, should have tier one, no co-patient meds or nothing. Yeah, right. It should they not should be any. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't be any co-patient Right, and uh, it's, you know, it's kind of pragmatic, I guess you can look at it that way too, because it's, that and people say, well, you shouldn't privatize the VA. You know, well, you should. 
I mean, they're saying, well, you put these nurses and doctors out of jobs. The doctor can go across the street and get a job tomorrow. Nurses are, there's, nurse, there's a nursing shortage in the outside world. They can go to work anywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like uh, some of these politicians want to get rid of the Internal Revenue Service. That'd be uh, that'd be a feat in itself. Keep the skills <laughs> and crew to take in the tax money and get rid of the rest of them. You know, well. that's what needs to happen. Flat taxes, that's a good idea. I'd like you know, a pay a certain amount. Pay exactly a certain amount and that's it. And that's uh, it, you know what you gotta pay and pay it. It's just like a kid on gold miners. He knows how much shouldn't be allowed to spend any more money than what they brought in. That's a fact. Live above her means. We had a meeting in Kentucky last night. The governor come in and said we was in bad shape and he's cutting this and that. But, uh, it's going to be, you know, they're tightening their belt. There's due for some changes. There's a lot too many programs out there, too many social programs that are, you know, too many things that are ridiculous that are getting funded. Too many things are getting funded that don't need to be. Our military is the lowest it's been since World War One. Oh, yeah. They're talking about how strong we are. We're strong. We got. Uh, we don't have enough military to defend anything right now. You know, We're talking about boots on the ground. I'd be concerned about uh, this country's welfare if we uh, come under attack from another uh, country. It could be. It could be a bad situation. It could be. It couldn't be. You know, I mean, because most of your, uh, most all your uh, citizens, armed citizens in this country, are just small arms. You know, they they don't have uh, most of them don't have uh, twenty millimeters or or uh, fifty calibers and stuff uh, or cannons mm-hmm. or tanks. You know. Yeah. And look at our poor Navy. It's been put to a terrible shape our Navy's in. Yep, that's true. you got to fix that, people. It'll be fixed. It should be fixed, hopefully. But, now... We're gonna go, we're gonna focus everything on exposure here in the next couple of shows. I'm gonna do a bachelor show one here next week, Joe. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's you guys. I mean, I do want to bring us out in the limelight. You want twelve veterans? You guys got screwed. And it's about time they come out and uh, and and ante up. You know, I mean, that's you don't spray these guys on purpose and expect them to, you know, be sick and things like that and not, not take care of them. That's right. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, you know. Take care of it. That's a crime. The way you did it, we don't care. Uh, it's a crime against humanity. Uh, it's morally wrong. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. And true. look at the uh, look at the young veterans that died prematurely. A lot of them. A lot of them did. Too many of them did. 
Yes, I have. Yeah, that's sad. Too many of them die. Too many people dying. Too many people die every day because something happened to them in service. You know, whether you were exposed to Agent Orange, you know, it's the best stuff since sliced bread. Charlie's hiding in the trees shooting at people. So let's just defoliate the trees and fly over. Next thing you know, the leaves will be off the trees and they can see, you know, they can see. Not realizing that the stuff was killing people, you know, but that got them later on, you know. And, uh, of course, they made the companies that made the stuff. They gave them immunities. People couldn't go back and sue them. Just like asbestos. They knew asbestos was killing people. I mean, next thing you know, these people got these asbestos mines and work in these factories. And they're making this mineral that's fireproof, the best thing since sliced bread, you know. Next thing you know, everybody at the factories are dying. That's making the stuff. Everybody's dying. Their families and all. What's causing this? Their mass casualties are dying. Well, it's asbestos. It's killing them. And they were dying. All Everybody died. You know that? They would take it home. They would go home after working in the factory and play with their kids, and their entire families died. They sure did. They did. And they said, well, this stuff's got more benefit, though, you know, risk-benefit. Okay, it's fireproof. Okay, what's the other benefit? It's indestructible. Okay, well... It's pretty sad, you know. That's just, of course, now, you know, there's a big trust fund set up, you know, for his best of survivors. You know, but I'd say probably trying to get in that trust fund, the attorneys are lining up to get money out of that trust fund. You probably get 10 cents of their $100, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, if you got that out of them. Yeah, so, you know, and it's bad. I mean,. People don't realize what you were exposed to in service, especially as best as aboard these Navy ships, these older ships. You know, these people tearing these steam pipes up and stuff, moving equipment, things like that, and not really paying attention to it. People sticking cold hangers and steam pipes and then the insulation in your burning compartment. you sleeping in it for six months at a time. Every time they pull the cold hanger out, boy, boop, there's more asbestos in the air. You know what I mean, Gerald? Yes, I do. I've seen that in the service, too. Yeah, them yeah. weren't run through our barracks because our barracks were steam-heated. and uh, That's right. Uh, they had all them pipes wrapped. Everybody had their coat hangers stuck in them and everything else. Yep. <laughs> I can tell you, folks, if you were in the dispersing office of the USS Dixon, if you were on there prior to 1985, Every time you walked in there and opened and shut that door, going to the dispersing office, you got exposed to asbestos because there was a steam pipe hanging down there, and it was real loosely insulated. Every time he shut that door, a poof would pop up because it'd shake. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Of course, if you don't believe me, get your diving suit on, go down the water and find it. It's still there. It's only 10,000 feet of water. Yeah. Well, they no. took care of that leak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they buried, they sunk the evidence. Yeah. No. But that's what it is, you know. Uh, that's the hand we were dealt, so we'll have to play with it. Well, buddy, I guess I'm about, uh, I'm, I'm about done for today. How about you? Well, I think we've had a full day here, John. And I hope the people... Uh, I enjoyed the broadcast. Uh, we uh, Ashnod did a, a great job, and and our caller was really glad to have our caller call in. Uh, 
uh, he he brought up some issues that could apply to quite a few veterans, and uh, of course uh, we want to thank Haddit. And uh, uh, remember, folks, Haddit does have a donate button. Uh, uh, just click on it and and uh, donate uh, whatever you feel you can afford. And Adder to certainly appreciate it. Uh, no one um, gets paid any money. All all funds that do come in, all donations, although it's not tax exempt, but all donations do go to the operation of the Adder website. So uh, uh, we don't get no lavish vacations or or yearly. Uh, million dollar dinners <laughs> but uh, uh, donate some, some funds there a little bit along and that'll help add it to uh, keep afloat and uh, with that this will be Gerald uh, Cook with Jay Basser will be signing off for now You've been listening to the Haddit.com blog talk radio show sponsored by Haddit.com all opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Haddit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Haddit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.